I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2. This week, I'm joined by none other than pop princess, now solo artist, and one-fifth of my favourite band ever. It's Claire Richards, everybody! <laughs> that steps, by the way, just in case anybody didn't, didn't know. Well, I was just... Obviously, my producer goes away and does a big deep dive into your history before I get any guests on to make sure I'm super prepared. I'm going to say most of what information is normally accurate, Wikipedia does lead her down the garden path sometimes, though, the little sneaky bastard. I have been mistaken uh, for being an S Club server many, many times, so you just <laughs> never know. Boo. Everybody, oh, I tell the story all the time, and me listeners must be bored, bored shitless of it, but everyone thinks I'm a do- I used to be a doorman. Obviously, a door woman. I once said to a journalist years ago, like, oh, like, I used to work the doors in Newcastle, I used to work the ropes. Like, if your name wasn't on the list, you weren't getting in. I was essentially like a VIP host, like a guest list girl. But the yeah. journalist's gone away and wrote that I was a door, like, you know, or ID, <laughs> sorry, not the night train, as like, I was like a doorman. And it's on Wikipedia. They've just totally ran, ran with it. So when somebody has to come and interview us who doesn't really know who I am and they've just Wikipedia does, I always get asked what it was like working the doors and I think for fuck's sake do I look like a doorman <laughs> um but yeah so we've got lo- loads of info oh and one of the things was clear that you were in a band before steps I didn't know that yeah I was I was in a girl band so I left school when I was so I was still 17 I did my GCSEs no A levels god A levels when I was 17 it's my birthday's in August and I I decided this was just to get out of going to anything college or university wise. I'm going to take a year out. And um, I, which meant I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. And I, within about a month of leaving school, I was out for dinner one night and I met a guy who would become my like agent and manager and said that he knew a record label that was putting a, a girl band together. I would, was I interested? Because I'd seen me do karaoke in the pub. And um, what's I, your karaoke song? Oh, well, it was back then. It was "I Will Always Love You," and for an up tempo, I'd have to do flash dance because that's, that's the only <laughs> up tempo I knew. Um, <laughs> I just like singing sad ballads. And um, so I thought, oh, will never ring me. I'll never hear from him again. And literally, the following Monday, he um, he called me and said, "Right, they want to see you." So I went up that same day to this little record label in Soho Square. And um, and he just kind of went, 
I took my mum with me. That's how sad I was. 17, I couldn't go to London by myself. And um, yeah, they we sat there for ages and he talked me all through it, told me about the other two girls that were in the band. And then at the end of it went, so do you want to do you want to do it then? I was like, uh, yeah. And that was it. I didn't even really have to audition. He didn't know if I could dance. He did send me down to a studio just to double check that I could sing. But I think he'd been told I could. And I was in that band for, it's called TSD. What does that stand for? <laughs> well, so I don't know if I've ever said this out loud before. Or like, I've, like people know, but I don't think I've ever said it in an interview, but who cares? Um, so it was a Japanese record label. They wanted to call us the Scandals, but the British record label didn't like that. So they shortened it to TSD. We told everybody that we picked this, the name, we couldn't think of a name. So we all picked a Scrabble tile out of a bag one day. (laughs) And that's what it was. But people used to ask us all the time, what does TSD stand for? And nine times out of 10, we would tell everyone it stood for three strapping dykes. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) And a lot of, like, most people would be like, really? But sometimes you'd get the odd man that would go, really? And be all a bit kind of, there is a problem, but let's go, no, absolutely not. I'm surprised that one's not on Wikipedia, to be honest with I know. you. Well, it probably will just, be after this. Yeah, just the type of thing they'd love to pass off as fact. Um, yeah. I was really interested to read that you'd always been interested in sports. You'd like had a really lovely, normal childhood and upbringing. But the minute you got in the band, they zoned in mm. on your bo- your body shape and, and, and put you on a diet. Yeah. So, well, before I even got in the band. So at the audition, it, it happened when I was in TSD. They did it to all of us because we were all kind of quite curvy girls. You know, I was... God, I wasn't, I was probably a 10 or a 12. I wasn't big at all, but I always Healthy. had a bum. And, but I've always had quite a small waist. Yeah, I've always had quite a small waist and I did have small boobs then. And athletic legs. I played netball and hockey and everything all through school. So I was athletic, I would say. But in the, in, I don't know, in music kind of world, and at that time it was that whole, you know, Kate Moss, heroin chic, everyone, they wanted everyone to be really, really skinny. So we were all put on a, that diet was interesting. We were encouraged to eat fish fingers, peas and baked beans and have like a 900 calorie diet. It was really weird. It was so random. Fish fingers and peas and, and, and I, I used to eat packets of like rice cakes. That would be all I would eat during the day. And then, so that was that. And then when I auditioned for Steps, which was about, so that was 90, TSD was like 95, 96. And then the audition for Steps was May 97. And at that audition, I had really, by that time, I'd cut my hair really short, stupidly. And I had, I was wearing this stripy catsuit, which is, which I wore in the video for Lasting on the Mind. And I, I always used to tie a hoodie around my waist because I was really conscious of my bum because I thought I had a massive bum. And I don't ever remember really thinking that before. It was it was just once I'd got into this. I always used to tie a hoodie, which obviously made it look even bigger, which I didn't really realise. And, um, yeah, they sat me down, did my audition, and they said, oh, we really like you. We want you to be in the band, but 
we you're gonna have to lose weight if you if you want to be in the band so you know I was 19 I'd been there before I kind of knew the knew the way it went I guess and um I did I went away and I kind of went a bit mad I only lost about half a stone and I remember when I kind of came back into when we started rehearsing to do our um showcase for Pete Waterman that everyone was just going oh wow you look amazing and it really hadn't lost that much weight and I was like I think I was about nine and a half stone then but I've I've realized as you get older weight and size and stuff it's all there's different factors involved in all of it but back then it was all just about how much you weighed and I think and but then it just set me on a just set me on a pathway to not eating for four and a half years pretty much a a pretty problematic trajectory but in all fairness Claire like I I feel like if I was 17 and Mm. people were telling telling me oh you need to lose weight or you need to do this or what like put actually physically putting on us putting us on a diet I think I would probably have some issues as well Christ mate like I was 22 Maybe it's even 23 when my show mm. went to air and people first started talking about my body. And that was enough to really exacerbate my existing issues, you know? Yeah. So I can't, ima- I can't imagine like what that would do to like a, a not, essentially a 17 year old child still, I think, you know? Yeah. Like must have seriously played havoc with your mental health and the way you've like your body image and everything. Yeah. And that, I mean, my, it has played me ever since really I mean it's not and even now I do my very best to kind of my, you know my rational brain I know I, I look in the, you know I'm nearly 46 I've had two kids I've lost a lot of weight three times so you know it's not all toned and tight and lovely skin I've got stretch marks and stuff and I just I sometimes I have to check myself just to say you know it's actually all right it doesn't matter if you haven't got a perfect body anymore, but I still have to do that. I don't, it's not automatically there. And I have days, I do still have days where I feel absolutely crap about myself, but it's, I don't, it, when you start on that cycle from such a young age, and I'm not a particularly confident person anyway, I do that when a little bit of doubt sets in, it, that's all I need to kind of set me on a, a path to, like I, I, I envision oh, an entire, spiral. yeah yeah and I envision an entire scenario before it's happened and that's enough to stop me doing stuff it's like oh no it's gonna be a disaster so let's just not do it I'm <laughs> I'm I'm the same Claire honestly I swear to god I'll lie in bed at night and I'll start with something seemingly so innocent right like have I brushed my teeth no you haven't brushed your teeth get up and brush your teeth and then I'll go and get up and I'll brush my teeth and I'll come back and I'll be like you did brush your teeth. Now you've brushed them twice. You're going to erode your gums and then teeth will fall out. <laughs> and before you know it, Claire, like I have eventually gone from just have you brushed your teeth to like, oh, all my teeth are going to fall out. Then nobody's going to want you on the telly. So you're going to end up like getting kicked out of your house. Er, can will leave you. And I'm like living on the street alone. Like that's how my brain works. So if you're <laughs> oh talking God. about spiraling, babe, you're talking to the right person because I am crackers. <laughs> it's not right. But it, it's, it's how my brain works. And it's so scary sometimes because mm. the rational the rational part of your brain doesn't even seem to like it's like oh I'm not coming in today sorry no. <laughs> like the the really extreme quite like oh I suppose hyperbolic part of your brain just seems to take over and yeah it, it's awful but it's that um, negative somebody said to me once that it's you can have your brain there's like a little door in your brain 
and you can have 20 people say something really nice to you and really lovely and that door will stay shut but then it takes one person to say something horrible or say something negative and that door will open and everything flood all the crap stuff floods in and you can't do anything to stop it and it's true it's absolutely like that it opens the floodgates, doesn't it? Mm. And all the things that you've thought about yourself for years or all the things that some like people have been saying about you or you've worried that were true or whatever, like one little, one, one little, like, I suppose, like grain of rice and it all just tips the scale, doesn't it? I come, I get it. You know, it's weird that you say that though, because right, um, I'm, I'm like you, babe, I've gone, I've been really, I've been quite big. I've been very skinny and like, Probably when I was at either extreme, I wasn't healthy and I wasn't happy. Um, and I, I consider myself to be like middle of the road now, um, like learning to love the skin I'm in, like me, me curves, me lack thereof. Like I've got absolutely no fucking arse whatsoever. Erkan calls it the pancake. <laughs> you can have some of mine. There's plenty there. <laughs> I will take you up on that definitely. <laughs> Kim K booty over there. Um, but no, I, I feel like, I went away to Jamaica with Erkan last week and we're on like an all-inclusive and it's the first time we've done one of those really. Mm. Um, But obviously, mate, like I I just clearly can't be trusted around the old free crepes and stuff. And like before I knew it, I'd walloped on like an extra half a stone and I come back and I want to be this like super progressive, like really body positive person. But you know, when you put your clothes back on and they're tight and and you, you, you know, you just... You don't feel as good as you did before you went. And I don't know. I just felt squishy and not myself. And I've probably fought with myself this week not to be too hard on myself, but it's difficult. And I kind of think as women, we're always going to have those issues, aren't we? It is really hard. And I think, you know, when you times like going on a holiday and obviously anything that's free has to be eaten or drunk in excess you can't it's free so you got all rule rule for life man. yeah rule for life. so but you if you're not going to go to those places and enjoy yourself what's the point you've you have got to have a little bit of joy and a little bit of light in your life and if that's what gives it to you then you have to take it but it is then if your brain works that way I mean, I would be the same. I would just beat myself up and I feel awful because I've put half a stone on and rather than get up off my backside and go to the gym or, or just eat salad for a couple of weeks, I, it, you just kind sit of... And, sit at home and wallow. That yeah. is definitely... So, oh no, I'm fat again. What am I going to do? Get up off your backside and do something about it. Don't just feel sorry for yourself. But if, yeah, if you've got a brain that goes that way, it is really hard to to stop it and it's... And it is that kind of, it is getting that balance between your rational brain and your irrational brain, trying to kind of get this side to be in charge and not that side. And also trying to undo a lifetime of conditioning. For like for women, we've been completely told from such a young age that we're only desirable, attractive, or worthy of success if we look a certain way and our bodies are a certain way and we weigh a certain amount, you know? So it's so difficult to kind of retrain your entire thought process in your 30s or wherever, you know? It's certainly the first time it occurred to me to think like, actually, regardless of whether my tummy is squishy or not, or whether I've got stretch marks or whether I've got cellulite or big bum, little bum, whatever. Like I deserve to be happy, healthy and successful. So I think undoing a lifetime of, of that negative thought process is really hard as well. 
yeah I mean I I still haven't managed it I think I, I'm much better than I was but I don't think I ever will get rid of it completely because it's played such a massive part of my life for such a long time and I think when it comes to the you know I was probably anorexic I was never you know I managed to kind of stop what I was doing to myself then but that went from not eating at all to overeating for years and years and years and it was like and I and I honestly do believe and I don't know whether there's any kind of proof to to back this up but I honestly do believe that once you've got some kind of eating disorder that it's it can be either extreme and you go from from being like you said ill because you're too thin and you've got no I, I had no energy to do anything back then I mean, and I would, the food that I did eat was normally crap. I would have a, like a happy meal. That would, that'd be all I would eat all day. And then. Not such a happy meal then. <sighs> no, it wasn't very happy. It was quite sad, really. And I'd always eat it in my room by myself. It's very sad. Like ashamed. Yeah. There's, there's a theory, isn't there? And it rang true for me because I've definitely had disordered eating over the years. And I think most women, you know, can really sort of relate to that. But there's a theory that when you feel out of control with the rest of your life, um, you strive to control the things you can. And for women that it always tends to be like your, how you look, your food, whatever, you know. Um, and I think whether you're taking making that choice to eat too much or you're making the choice to eat not enough like that is still you controlling it and it, you know and I do think it's all connected regardless of what end of the spectrum you're at you know it's disordered eating regardless um so no I, I completely agree with you there a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. But I've, I've got to say, Claire, like, the first thing I thought when you popped on the pod there was, you look fucking amazing. <laughs> like, that was my first thought. And then you said you were 46 before, and I thought, fuck off. You don't look, yeah. you look half of that. Well, in a month, well, yeah, in August, I'm 46. I have got a ring light on my face. It's probably helping a bit. Yeah, still me, but it's only a, it's only a light bulb, essentially, shaped like a circle. <laughs> you still look great. Thanks. Do you know what? I think it's it taps into everything. You know, the whole kind of weight thing has probably been taken over by, like, trying not to age now. It's you know I'm I'm constantly trying to find right what what can I have what treatment can I have now I was going to have a hydrofacial this week and I I'll have Profilo and I'll have it's like constantly trying to find something that isn't surgery that is going to kind of prolong this because it's like 
I don't know. I think there's a, I don't know if it's getting better. I mean, obviously there's so much out there that helps these days, but it's definitely, definitely kind of taken over the whole weight thing for, for, for now. It's like, right, how do I stay looking young? What can yeah. I do? And, um, it, you know, and, and drinking water just doesn't cut it. I mean, I'm taking God knows how many flipping supplements every day. I'm on my HRT. Estrogen's good. It's been really good for my nails. My nails are the best <laughs> they've been for years. I'm sure it's got to be that. I don't know what else it can be. Must be, Pip. <laughs> um, it's hard. I think that as well. Like, um, But the aging process, obviously that's only really started for me in the last like five years. So that's me whole new thing that I'm trying to come to terms with. Like, And I'm in exactly the same boat. I want to still look like me. I want to still feel like me. I don't want to set a bad example. You know, oh God, you can only be attractive if you're young, blah, 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 whatever. But at the same time, yeah. sometimes I look on Instagram and I think, fucking hell, am I the only person getting older? Like everybody else is Benjamin <laughs> Button. And I'm like, look like everybody's mom. It's honestly awful. And then, so, oh, like, yeah, I just I just use oil of ule or whatever. It's like, yeah, right. Of course you do. <laughs> I, I call bullshit. I, I like when there's, oh, yeah, like I've just drink me water and use me. I just use Nivea, seven pounds. Super drug, I think. Yeah. You're a fucking liar. <laughs> no, that gives me, that pulls me out in a rash. That definitely doesn't work. <laughs> It's definitely not the Nivea. I've been having um, but, this thing called Dermapen. That that works. That makes you, that tightens your skin. It's lovely. It hurts a bit, is, but it's worth you've it. You've lost me at painful, Claire, because I am such a fanny. I, I get profilo, and that hurts. I think that is painful. Do you not? Um, yeah, I do. But it's. I think it's worth it. But then I think the Dermapen. It's definitely so. I have a hydrofacial, and then the Dermapen, and then everything just goes. It's all like nice and tight it's lovely so it's what and it depends like you can go quite red but it only really lasts a day okay so talk on a scale of like one to ten and profile or being around a seven on the pain scale in my opinion where would the dirt oh god that doesn't board well where would where would dermapen be well the thing about dermapen is that it lasts it's like the treatment lasts longer and it goes over all your skin rather than just in a few little places. So what's the profile? It's like six in it. One, two, three, four. Yeah. So eight injections. That is, um, that's, it goes over your whole skin, but it's not, you know, it just, you can, it doesn't have to go as deep. I have it quite deep because <laughs> I've had it a few times now. So it, it does, um, and the and the more you damage the skin, the the more collagen rushes. I mean, I need more collagen than you because I've got eleven years, but on you. But it's um, you probably don't. I don't think you need it yet, though. Anyway, you didn't give us a number, Claire, from Steps. <laughs> Come well, on. see, it's different people's. Like, I can, I would for me, I would say it's an eight, but then a profilo is probably about a five. For me so I, d- I think maybe you might not like it yeah I think I'm you, just gonna have to accept that pretty soon I'll look like a raisin and that's okay some people, um, you can have the numbing cream though some people if they do that where you wherever you go they could do that so you don't really feel it I have had it with a numbing cream before and I, I didn't feel it was it better I get the numbing cream for profile man that's do you funny yes and it still hurts. I get a stress <laughs> ball as well. Dr. Nina gives us a stress ball. 
because otherwise I like have an emotional breakdown in our office. So bad. <laughs> I'm just not cut out for this anti-aging industry, I'm afraid. Go back to me water and me Nivea. <laughs> but no, you do, you look amazing, Claire. And I feel like some of the issues you've got or you've had like probably completely, I think a, a lot to do with sort of the quite toxic things you were told when you were starting out in the industry and when I think the industry was in like a very problematic period do you think it's better now it's got to be better surely I mean I feel like if I was starting out now and in the same position I don't think a male executive slash manager person would dare tell tell a young woman to lose weight I, I like to think that that has changed but then I think the pressure from things like social media, it's like we didn't have that. You know, I the worst we would get would be getting papped somewhere and then it would take, I don't know, two days to make it to the paper. It wasn't an instant thing. There wasn't even like the online stuff really. That came a lot later. So I, I think that the pressure of social media and everybody you know, filtering, airbrushing their photos. It's it's not just magazines that and papers that do it anymore. It's literally everyone. And I think it's just, it's kind of made that comparing yourself to everybody else something that's more, I don't know, I guess we've always done it. I've always, you know, I've probably always looked at someone else and, and compared myself to them and, and thought, oh God, I wish I looked like that or I wish my legs were thinner, I wish my, I don't know, my bum was smaller or I wish my tummy was flatter. You, you're always comparing yourself to somebody else, but I think social media has just exacerbated that a hell of a lot more. Completely, mate, because, like, you look back and it, you used to just compare yourself to your mates at school or the lasses at work or the people you went on the lash with, you know, and at the very most, like, you turn on the telly. Or look through a magazine and be like, God, isn't like Faye and Claire and Lisa so lush, you know? Like that, like, I wish I had tummies like that. You, that, you know, that was your point of reference. But now you open up an app on your phone, which let's have it right, we've all got in our hands 24-7 practically. And you can access like these little tiny squares of perfection from all over the world in a second. And I do worry about the ramifications on young people's mental health. Like, I think I'm grown, you know, and sometimes if you catch me in the wrong mood, I can pop on and think before before I know it, fuck me. I me, you know me, I haven't got my life together. I'm not successful enough. I'm not rich enough. Like, I don't have a good body, whatever. Just because you're completely hoodwinked into thinking these little tiny squares are everybody's reality when they're not really. Like you say, they're airbrushed, they're edited, they're filtered to fuck. And, and it's the bits that people want you to see. And, uh, you know, a lot of people that do that a lot, it's how long have they taken to film that little video or get that? We all do it. It's like, oh, I'm just going to take a picture of my food. And it takes you 10 minutes just to get a decent picture of your food. And then it's cold. So you're not actually enjoying it at all. It's like when you go to, it always frustrates me when you go to concerts and you just see people with their phones like that just filming just like, enjoy it be in the moment no one's everybody's so kind of focused on showing everybody else how great their life is on social media that they're not actually living it and enjoying it themselves it's like right I'm gonna do this video and I'm gonna put it on social media it's like well did you enjoy the concert oh don't know did I 
I don't know. I was too busy filming it. It's. I don't get it. Well, you're just standing there like yeah. a cameraman. You twat. Be in the moment. This get that create the memories in your brain. That's what they're there for. And I do. I think, like for my kids, for example, they're 13 and 16. They've never known it any different. You know, I, I grew up in a world where we didn't have a phone. I didn't have a phone until I was probably 19. And that was just because my dad let me have his. And, it, you know, you could send a 140-character text message. There was no games. You couldn't take photos on it. It was – I didn't have any of that. So, so I think we can put social media into a little bit of perspective. But my kids don't know any different. You know, it's it's – no. Yeah, it's, it's always been there. Them. I mean, they don't, they use Snapchat, which I don't really understand at all. I know they all speak to it. They speak to their friends. It's much more of a, it's more like a messaging thing, I think. But they don't, they're not injured. They certainly, they wouldn't be caught dead on Facebook. <laughs> and it's. That, it's becoming yeah. a forgotten platform, yeah. isn't yeah. it? The old I Facebook. use Facebook to, to find out all the local, all the local stuff. If there's a pothole, in the, yeah, or if the local chip is it's open, all, it's always where the good yeah. neighbourhood watch. Yeah, the neighbourhood watch groups and stuff. Yeah. My sister's always like, "Oh, watch out! There's an aggressive <laughs> German shepherd." And I'm like, "What the fuck, Laura? Get away!" It's so true. <laughs> You're right, though. Like, I think. A lot can be said for when we grew up and the so like the advantages to the lack of social media and the control it had over over workers. Now I do feel like we're becoming a complete nation who's just obsessed with looking like we're living lovely lives in pretty little squares, but actually we're quite sad. And that that's that's terrifying to me. And sometimes I'm guilty of it, mate. You know, and I wish I, I I do have moments where I'm like, right, put your phone down, be present. It doesn't matter if everyone sees this picture of your dogs or not. You know they were cute today, like you know. But that again, yeah. I have to remind. I feel myself. I saw I feel the pressure. Like if I haven't posted something for a while, I think, oh god, I should I should post something because like my followers haven't really gone up very much this week, and and it's like, oh, so what? Who really cares? It's it's like it's a real. It is. Yeah, but it is all those, you know, like those those kind of dystopian, futuristic novels and stuff that people wrote years ago in movies. It's it's becoming that where it's we're becoming so focused and 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 kind of self. I suppose it's self obsessed. We're so in, in, insular within ourselves because it's very lonely world just being there like that on your phone all the time. You think you're connecting to people, but you're not really. It, we should be happier having conversations. Well, and you know, I honestly think like I remember when uh, I first came out the jungle, and even when I first left Geordie Shaw, and I, I used I had books out like autobiographies and things like that, and I used to tour, like you know the W H Smith job, jobbies and all that, and like little young lasses would message me for months, Claire, and they'd be like, "I'm so excited to meet you. You're such an inspiration to me. Like I'll be in like you know I'll be in Milton Keynes or I'll be here, or I'll be there, and can't wait." And you know I'd chat back because it was just so lovely, and it was a bit of an honor and then they'd get there and I'd recognize them from their picture and they'd walk up to us and they were unable to speak to us in real life like they, they, they couldn't have a conversation like and I get there's an element of like oh it's exciting or whatever but over the phone over Instagram they've been so brave and so mature and so you know articulate and conversational and then in real life like 
the couldn't even string a word together and I thought you know that's what's scary is people call it social media but it's actually fucking not teaching you anything about being social at all it's you know it's taking away any kind of social skills it's you know kids can't even a lot of my friends kids they won't even order something in a restaurant because they they just don't want to speak to another human being it's bizarre that's Mm. that's a bit sad isn't it as well I mean I to be fair I was a little bit like that but it had nothing to do with social media I've never had a problem ordering me scran. I'll tell you that one out, Claire. That's the only thing about phone that I phones and things that I love that you can order everything on your phone and you don't actually have to speak to people because that is one of my worst. I don't. I hate picking up the phone talking to people. It's so weird. Claire, I've absolutely loved talking to you in part one. In part two, I want to have you back. I want to learn more about steps, but I want to talk to you about your new album as well and a little bit about perimenopause.